listening to our bodies. Interview with Monty Clayton Richard. Are you someone struggling with stress due to your past difficult experiences? You know, our experiences mold our thinking pattern. And sometimes this thinking pattern leads to further stress. And our body communicates with us to tell us. But it is hard to listen. Would you like to learn some practical ways of how to how to listen to our bodies, how to listen to our body's communication and reduce stress? Then you're in the right place. Our guest, Monty Clayton Riching, would share today how his life was affected by his past experiences and how he learned ways of listening to his body and reduce his own stress. And now he teaches and writes books about it. Thank you, Monty, for joining us today. Good. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. Hello, everybody. Good to be here today. Welcome, everybody. You are watching Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 102. And Monty Clayton Richin is an author. He is a thought leader in the field of body communications. He has written seven books. He used to be a business owner and world explorer and many more things. Now he teaches people that we are not our thoughts, beliefs, or body. How we can listen to our body and how to modify our thinking so that we can function at our best and reduce stress in our life. And I am your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help compassionate high achievers achieve more, earn more, and make the impact they're meant to make without burnout and without losing their careers and health. I'm an executive coach, a corporate speaker, and an integrative psychiatrist. I believe that our minds are the software that runs the hardware of our brain and our body. Therefore, we teach practical tips for mental fitness over here. If you need any specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you find this content helpful, then join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. All right, so let's jump in and learn from our guest. So Monty, tell us, how did this topic of body communication became important in your life? Well, thanks, Dr. Derezina. Like everybody, we learn from the events that happened in our childhood. Well, I happen to have chosen, along with my three siblings, a very eventful childhood. My, my father was uh, eventually convicted as a, as a sexual predator. Uh, he was an extremely violent man. And uh, us kids had to learn how to cope. And well, we started learning this, you know, we were barely out of our diapers and we had to learn it. My, my first memory in this lifetime is of my father beating the crap out of my brother. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, the, those types of events, and I'm not looking for sympathy. This, I'm very fortunate that I'm the kind of person that chose to learn from my childhood rather than succumb to it. And, but these type of events create such strong belief systems in our, in our minds. And it's like Dr. Rosina said that, that, that our mind is the hardware that, that, or the software that our, our life is built on. And so through this process, 
I, I, I was just very fortunate that I looked at it and said, you know what, if I'm going to survive in this lifetime, I have to figure out a better way to get past these things. Because when when I look at it into, into my later years of my childhood, I grew up in my bedroom because I was afraid to get out of my bedroom. And, you know, you, you just can't live your life in your bedroom. Uh, even if, sometimes you take it with you uh, in life. I, I'm, I'm both an introvert and an extrovert. And sometimes you get too much of both. Yeah, or either one and we we have to be able to learn to balance that so i chose the uh a path of mysticism to learn how how to balance this out and it works wonderful wonderful and you would definitely learn want to learn some tools that our audience can also learn from Absolutely. but tell me tell me first how did your life change after you learned these tools and applied in their life how how is the life different now compared to how it could have been without these tools? I I, I I don't live in constant fear all the time now. I'll give you an example. I, I have an older sister and an, a younger sister. Uh, my older sister died of a disease called um, uh, scleroderma. Yeah. And it's where the mind put, puts this barrier around your physical body, basically turns you into clay. And, and it eventually just works in until it hits your organs and you're dead. Uh, my younger sister has, her energy field is so filled with anger yeah, that, that you know, she, she can't communicate with anybody else because this barrier is there all the time. And I used to hide. Uh, I would just hide all the time. I, I remember going to a, I, I met a, a girl that I had gone to high school with that lived a few blocks down from me when I was about, 18 I guess it was and she invited me to come over and have tea with her and I was absolutely terrified of the idea of actually going to her place because I would have to interact with her on a one-to-one -one basis and 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 when I I recognized my little monster when I was standing in, at her doorstep and I said this is crap this this has to stop and that's mm -hmm. when I said on my journey Mm -hmm. So after journey, how's the life different now? I have a lot of fun in my life. I'm a very independent person. I, I live by my own rules. I uh, have traveled over much of the world. I've, I've done the things that I wanted to do that were important to me. And I step over my boundaries all the time. Uh, the, the other day, I, I'm uh, part of the Seniors Activity Center here in Penticton. And they announced they were having a dance. And I was absolutely terrified. I felt so afraid. This idea of, because of, you know, last three years of COVID, the idea of going, going and associating with other people and dancing. And, and the thing that changed for me on that was 30, 40 years ago, I would have gone home and I would have justified staying in fear and whatever, sat and watched TV all night. Instead, I said, no. I recognize the fear I'm feeling right now, and I accept that as a challenge. And I went to the dance that night, and I had a ball. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm yeah. so glad. I'm yeah. so glad. So, Yal, please share with us what kind of tools helped you in making this journey from being so afraid and locked in your room to being able to go to this dance <laughs> and probably do all the other things that you just mentioned. <laughs> Well, but it's it's pretty great to that you were able to make that journey. One of the things that's really critical that I learned about in this process is to understand we are not our minds. 
we're taught in this society that this this body that we run around in is an all-inclusive thing that everything that's inside of it is who we are this is not true and and because we believe that way we we tend to personalize the events that go on in our lives and our beliefs and, and it, the, the two most powerful words in in life are i am and when, when we add something behind I am, it becomes part of our identity. So I am afraid. Well, now I'm a fearful person. I'm, I'm too afraid to go to the dance. That's an identification. Uh, I, I am pretty because I have the right colored hair and I'm the right build and whatever like that. Those are identities that build who we perceive ourselves as. None of them are true. We are not the physical body that we are. We're not our emotions. We're not the mental side. We are the soul within our body. It is the only true experience that we ever have. And we use our body and our mind and our emotions and, and our spiritual aspects in order to uh, integrate with this life and communicate with this life. Now, something I want to be really careful, really I really want to point out with what I just said here, when we talk about spirituality and being our soul, this is not religion. This is the way God created us. We're this multi-layered aspect that is defined by various vibrations. We have an aura. We know that because when we put our hands together like this, if we wait for a couple of extra, grab our hands like this and go like this, you can feel that energy between our hands. That is our energy field, which is part of what is created when the soul is joined with the physical body. We create spirit. This creates spirit. That's what you're feeling right there is spirit. We, our auras are about four feet wide and we we collect information in our in our ego, in our subconscious mind, and it directs information out so that when we're searching through our aura to, to interact in the world, it gives us the, the directions that, that we use. Have you ever walked into a room full of people and you find a person that you're absolutely terrified of, but you've never met them? That's your aura at work. That's your aura interacting with their aura. The same thing is you walk into a room and, and you are absolutely head over heels in love with a person and you've never met them. Again, it's interacting with uh, with your aura, the, the, how, how your auras come together. Mm -hmm. And so the by, by the first step, the absolutely first step in, in, in managing yourself is to understand I am. Yeah, so like, you know, there are so many schools of thought about that. And, you know, I, me being a psychiatrist, medical doctor, it's, I don't come from that background of yeah. understanding yeah. the, the aura field or energy, although I, I am into personal development. So I am aware of these concepts, but what I would like to know is you mentioned that being spiritual does not mean being religious. And That's I understand correct. that. And in psychology, I think it's kind of sometimes it's referred to inner self instead mm -hmm. of the soul. But yeah. I think it's the same thing. Your inner self or your spirit or your soul is the same thing. So for today's session, we were kind of focusing on how listening to this inner self or your body's communication can help us reduce the stress. So if we understand that that 
we are not our thoughts and we are not our body and we are this inner self, how do we listen to that inner self? And how is that related to stress? Well, the, the first thing to understand is that the, the, the best way to treat a belief system that is not working for you, it's dysfunctional, is to understand you're not it. You're not that belief. So if if you can separate your identity from the belief, now you're dealing with something that's not you. And because if if you believe that you're a bad person and, 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 and you're not deserving and all this sort of stuff, as long as you identify with that belief, you're going to hang on to it. Because if you let go of it, you're going to be, who am I then? Right. So, so, the, the, so that's the first step. Now, to understand what stress is, th this is a really important part of it. Stress is an expression of fear. It's a fear-based expression. So what stress is, is you, you have two different sort of aspects inside your subconscious mind that get into a fight with each, or, each other. One is you learned it as a child. You learned the rules that this is the way life is. So this is this piece over here. Then you got this piece over here that says, but that's not the way it is right now. And so they're sitting there, they're going like, they're going like this to each other. And that's what causes your stress. And, and so by, by learning that you're not the stress to start with, and then there's techniques we'll talk about in a, in a bit here about how you can separate those two out. So you keep them in their own corners. Because well, so like you know, when we are talking about stress, we are talking about the body's reaction absolutely. to what his external demands are. Absolutely. And so what you're saying is like you know, these two two aspects within you, one is trying to demand more from you, and the other one is saying that I can't fulfill that demand, and that conflict probably is causing the stress in your perspective yeah yeah so the, the stress is always caused in your mind this the stress is stimulated by something that has caught is external but the stress is always motivated from your mind because your 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 ego which which is the the part of your body that holds the rules for your life is having an issue with what it's seeing and yeah and, and, so it and says you should be like this and then what you're not able to like that then you feel stress or you should be able to meet all these demands but you're not able to that's you right feel stress that is correct so, so how does listening to our bodies reduce the stress well the, most in my experience as an intuitive healer most people are not in their bodies because we're, we're not trained to to experience what's going on in our body we we have what are called chakras uh it, it, there's there's seven major chakras and several several minor chakras that are in our bodies and each of those they're they're like a like a power substation where where you've got you know the big wires are coming in they come to the substation then they go out as little wires that's that's what a chakra does so so the, each chakra vibrates at a specific frequency and is a different form of communication that, that we have the ability to experience. And each of the chakras basically sit on top of a gland of the endocrine system. The endocrine system in the body is basically our chemical manager. That it, it is what, what reacts to the, the world. It's the actual physical stimulation of what happens when, we, uh, when something happens. So you have basically you have a layer going down here. You have the, the belief system 
and then you have emotions that tied to the belief system. And then when the, when those emotions are kicked in, it stimulates the shocker, which which stimulates the endocrine system. So we automatically go into what's called the fight or flight syndrome. And, and when that happens, the, the, your endocrine system ha, has activated. So w- what what a belief system is. OK, so this this is a thought. This this is this is emotions. So this so is like your yeah, one hand is a thought, the other hand that is covering is emotion. Okay? That's right. Okay, so that's and I'm belief. saying it so that the people who are just listening and are not able to watch, okay. they know what we're talking about. Yeah. So my my right hand is the thought, my left hand is the emotion, and it's on top of my 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 right hand. So this becomes a belief. Now, in order to change the belief, the first thing you have to do is you have to take the emotion off. Mm-hmm. And, and once the emotion is taken off, all you've got is a thought. Mm-hmm. Now, now you can manage it. So then, the, 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 but the, the very important part of this is to realize is that nature abhors an abyss. You cannot leave a hole in, in your system. So back to the right hand again. Now you create a, a thought you want. So if in the original case there, if I, I am not safe, and you put an emotion on top of that. I I am not safe. Okay. The fears. The fears come up. So take the emotion back off of it, and those those emotions are gone. Now we change the thought to I am safe, and and you put the emotion back onto it. I'm really safe. I I I just feel so safe. Now you reinforce that by by doing what they use in NLP like like the, what's called an interrupter yes i am safe and that the intensity of that positive emotion causes you to recreate a positive belief instead of a negative belief now this this takes a period of time for it to work this isn't instant magic you know we we've taken whatever number of years it is to build and re- and reinforce these belief systems that we already have and so we have to remember to do that. And so this brings us to the second point is that you in the process of being able to change thought, the first thing is to recognize you're not the thought. The second thought is to recognize you're doing it. So if you're constantly going around telling yourself that you're no good, yep, you're absolutely right because that's how you perceive your life. So when you realize you're telling yourself a thought that I'm no good, you need to stop back and go, no, that's not true. And use the process to change it and, and just catch yourself all the time. Am I, am I a perfect human being? Do I have no dysfunctional beliefs? Not a chance. This is, this is a lifetime process, but you catch them one at a time and you reinforce the positive belief system in that so you can make the change. That's wonderful, wonderful. So basically what you're, the to summarize the point you're saying is number one, recognize that you are not your thought, not you're not even your body, you are your inner self, mm-hmm. uh, your soul that mm-hmm. is separate from your thoughts. Yeah. The second thing is that you want to be able to separate the emotions from the thought Absolutely. to be able to change your thought. Yeah, and, and replace it. And replace it with a more positive thought. In cognitive behavior therapy, we say uh, replace a maladaptive thought with a more adoptive thought. Absolutely. Or sometimes you say, you know, I, I use replace the hurtful thought with the helpful thought. Absolutely. And so how do you change those thoughts? Because 
sometimes people feel like you know they don't have control on their thoughts the thoughts are automatic so how do you how do you change those thoughts and when you do say about listening to the body uh, do you mean listening to your thoughts or are you talking about physical sensation of listening to your body both actually okay so yeah to explain yeah. a little bit please well we, we tend to live in our heads uh-huh. yeah so we're constantly thinking yeah. So, yeah. so, so the, 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 the technique is to learn to get into our bodies. Mm-hmm. If you come from an environment like what I grew up in, where it was not safe to be in your body, mm-hmm. you learn to, you learn to live in your head. And mm-hmm. so you, you ignore the stuff that's going on in your body. And, and what, what happens is, is and, and this is something that, that I think is really critical to understand it because we're, we're taught absolutely incorrectly in, in society is that, the process of, of when the universe wants you to know something, they want you to be aware of something in your life. So it starts out, out in your energy field and it gradually, the vibration becomes slower and slower. Your physical body is the lowest vibration of all the vibrations that you have. That's why we can see it. Okay, so so th- what the universe wants keeps coming down, coming down, coming down like this, and eventually expresses it in our body. So now we're going to start getting body communications. Pain is a prime example of a body communication. We are taught by the medical industry that when we have pain, go take an aspirin or an Advil or, or you know morphine or whatever it is you need to do to subdue that thought. If we stop and, and, and ask ourselves, why am I feeling this way first, we need to go back. We can go back up and find out what was the issue. I, I'm a very strong proponent of Louise Hay, and you could heal your life. I, I believe that when our body is working in a way that is not the most functional, we need to look at it. What is the thought pattern that's attached to that? And, and, and uh, I, I had... Back in 2017, I, uh, for the second time, I walked the Camino Frances in Spain, and I walked 85 kilometers or 55 miles in American talk uh, wow. in in 30 in 36 hours. I mean, I motored. Well, the gift I got from my body over that was I got an inguinal hernia, and it was very painful, and it stopped me. I was not doing any walking, so. I went on. I went into Louise Hay's book and I looked at it and said, "Well, the uh, an inguinal hernia is is promoted by people who constantly drive themselves. I, I'm not sure if it's the same with women, but with men, where we tend to drive ourselves is from our lower abdomen. And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing, and my body said, "I've had enough." So it created an inguinal hernia to slow me down. So I did have the surgery to fix it, and I did some laser therapy after, but I had to recognize what the emotion was that was attached to it, the belief system that was attached to it, in order to actually heal the situation and learn to slow myself down. So you, so you're saying is that your inguinal hernia was your body communicating with you, you need to slow down. Absolutely. I, 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 I've tended to, you know, I, I am a, 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 just a, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two. I could move pretty fast and cover some pretty big country. But I tell you, my body has limitations and I push over it so much and I have to stop and slow it down. And so now we go on to the next part of it. We're going to talk about tools. Do you want to go into that now? Yeah, we're kind of, yeah, we have okay. a few minutes left. So please go okay. ahead. We'd okay. love to. 
one of the things that this is absolutely the most important tool that you're ever going to learn about it. I'm going to invite you to do this, Dr. Rosina. Take a yeah. deep breath. Take a deep breath. Okay, let it out. Now, what did you move? My chest and some of my abdomen. Okay, so you know how to breathe. Most people don't. When you breathe, whether it's a deep breath or a regular breath, you should always move your abdomen. And the reason for that is, is that there's three layers to, uh, to the lungs. The, the toxins sit in the bottom layer. They sit in the bottom of your lungs. So if you're only breathing through your chest, you never clear those toxins out of the bottom of your lungs. That can only be done by belly breathing. So if you're only breathing in your lungs, what happens is you take the next breath and it recycles back through the toxins again. And you breathe it again, back through the toxins again. And how do you ever expect to not be stressed if you're constantly breathing toxins? So take it when you breathe, move your belly. Absolutely first thing. Second thing is, is make sure you get enough water. We're made of 80% water. We need to have that water because the water is part of what uh, fires our body. It's the, the where you know, it helps us to have, have communications in our nerves. It, it's part of how our endocrine system works. You just can't live without water. And drink room temperature water, not ice water. Ice water is, especially if you're you're uh, doing something where you're heating your body up, bad news to drink uh, really cold water, warm water. The ne next thing is this exercise. You need to get outside and move that body around. Now, one of, one of the other things that I actually learned this, I do yoga. Mm -hmm. and, and we were doing a, a, a session called the tree. And so what you do is you, you stand on, on ground, on, on the floor. And you put one of your feet on top of the other one. And the idea is to stand there in balance. Well, what, what happens is you're automatically, you're in your head doing that. And you go, I don't know, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm going to fall over and all this. So I, I, was, I actually went to the instructor after and I said, here's the technique that you do. What you do is when you put your foot, your foot on top of the other is you breathe and you visualize your feet and, and you're, from your feet, you are pushing roots down into the earth. So what you've done is you've moved your, your head, your thought from your head into your foot. And now you're in your body. And when you do that, you are now in your body and you're now going to be able to stand on one foot just by that simple thing. The other thing is, and I have a visualization on my tech, um, on my website that tells you how to do that, is to learn to stand behind the thought if you feel a thought coming up is get behind it don't be the thought get behind the thought so you can learn to feel what does it feel like to be in your body not what does it feel like to be your be your body what does it feel like to be in your body and because that's an energetic thing you you are in your body you're not your body and so by using breath work there's a, a yoga technique is you take a deep breath in, hold it, and then purse your lips. Yeah. And you try to make the exhale twice as long as the inhale. And you do that three times. Take a break, whatever amount of time you want. And if you're still feeling anxious or, or stressed out, or whatever, do it again. And, and, and stop what you're doing. What, what is it that's causing you to feel stressed out? Stop and take a break. Do those three breaths. Take a break. 
do the breaths again if you need to, and, and you'll eventually bring yourself down. You have to let go of the thought that's stressing you out, or you're never going to get there. Yeah, or the environment. Yeah, it's so it's so true. Like when you are in a stressful situation, one of the things that you can do is break that cycle because yeah. you know stress is causing the body to react. The body is causing further stress, and you're kind of stuck in that cycle. Yeah. And if at all possible, kind of excuse yourself and kind of get out for a second so that you can take those deep breaths in. Sometimes we also say go sit down and drink water because it cools down your body. Yeah. Then you react to or you know respond to whatever is causing the stress reaction in your body. So that's really true. Yeah, that's so, what's called an interrupter. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of um, we're having so much fun that we are coming to the yeah. end of our interview. Um, so would you have a take-home message for our audience today? I, I do, Dr. Rosina. And, and the, the most important thing I want to tell people is to understand I am not all this stuff. I just am. And always remember that, that I am. That's simple. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, there's so much more to learn about it. So if people want to read more about your, what you've written and or your teaching, how can they reach you? Yeah, through through my website, my my email address is lifeforcecreative at gmail.com. and more than happy to uh, to hear from you for some suggestions. I will be doing some podcasting and some workshops in the near future. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, still have some other books I'm working on first, but well, we're going to get there. Yeah. But your website is powerfulyoupowerfulme.com. Yes, the, the, the greatest power that we could ever achieve in this life is by helping somebody else without uh, discarding your own personal energy. Wonderful, wonderful. And so let me tell the audience, thank you so much for sharing the gift. Monty is also going to share his ebook called Stamp Out Stress. And you can get that ebook by going to our website, happyandhealthymind.com and click that resources button and you'll be able to download the resource. And if you are in U.S. and you would like us to send you the text links for these resources and reminders for future programs, you can send the text JOYFUL, J-O-Y-F-U-L, to the number 38470, and we'd be happy to send you those links. And so let me leave you with this message. Every day is a new opportunity to make new decisions. What are you going to choose today? Are you going to stay stuck in your head and continue to just allow your thoughts to rule your life? Or you are going to step back, listen to your body, realize these thoughts are just thoughts, they come and they go, and then make a wise decision to deal with whatever life stress you are going through. On that note, stay safe and happy and healthy. Until next time, Dr. Rosina. And thank you, Monty, for your wisdom.